What's up, everything? The NHL season is still on pause, but the Two Guys One Cup podcast is going full force. We'll discuss whatever comes to the top of our brains, including the drunken plan for an NHL draft in June. Bill Daly wants his moment in the sun, and we've got to talk about it, so let's get started and let's flip those cards. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Saturday, May second. It is uh, still technically the morning. We are in episode three or four of the, of the quarantine stories. Oh man, I feel like it's like episode like six. Oh, oh, of, overall, but of us being in separate places, it's oh episode, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I should have been more specific. Um, the quarantine episodes. Who knows how many more the, of those there will be. We'll just have to play it by ear. The state is lifting stay-at-home orders. The county and city are not. It's going to be a civil war, folks. Just brace yourselves. Uh, we are, yeah, We're there's not really a ton of hockey news to discuss. Uh, but we're going to make the best of it today. I don't know. We're, we're going to mm-hmm. try. Ian... How are you doing? How's how's quarantine going for you? It's it's going all right. It's the the weather is is warming up. It's hot out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember remember when this started and it was still kind of like the winter? Yep. And now it's, I mean, more or less it's summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be the spring that never happened. Mm-hmm. I've told this to people. <laughs> this is gonna be the weird spring, twenty twenty spring, uh, just never happened. Yeah, that does feel like that. And I feel like there's a sense in which we're, you know, we're we're getting closer to like somewhat resuming normal lives. Mm-hmm. But like somehow it feels like now it's even farther away than ever just because of the closeness, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I like when know. things when uh when you're looking Christmas gets closer and closer, it still feels like it's getting further and further away cuz of the anticipation. Mm-hmm. I went to uh a quick trip yesterday for the first time in probably a month. I mean, definitely a month. I haven't gotten even gas in over a month, which is crazy. I've still got half a tank. But, like, uh, I went inside a quick trip for the first time, and naturally someone was coughing in there. So I'm dead. I'm screwed, (laughs) but you're never going to listen, hear somebody cough the same way again. Um But yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's it's beautiful outside at least. I thought it was going to be rainy today and maybe it still will be, but it's a start. You got to start somewhere. Got to think positive and all that. Mhm. Wear your, you know, masks and think positive. <laughs> Embrace this pandemic we live in. If you just think positive, the virus will go away. I don't know if anyone's tried that. That's right. That's right. You just got to... All the goddamn negativity in the world. You got to wish it away and stop talking about the virus, but also only talk about the virus. Uh, Ian, what do you want to talk about today? What would you like to rant at incoherently? (laughs) Yeah, today's episode is just going to be ranting ranting and raving. Um... I guess we could start with hockey topics and then we can slowly, you know, just degrade into other things. 
Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about we talked a little bit last week about the NHL draft briefly. Now there's a little bit more to talk about, and by a little bit more, I mean um, a lot more by quarantine standards. Mm-hmm. There was uh, who was it? Bill Daly. Bill Daly, the the vice the vice chairman, the, the vice, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, what am I thinking? The vice commissioner. There we go. Commissioner number two. The guy that gets to flip the cards, you know, mm-hmm. during the draft lottery. Yeah. The guy that gets to hold them. That's his big. That's his big uh, media day. <laughs> Bill Daly. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, he on Friday night uh, sent out a message to all the NHL teams about it was basically a paper about the possibility of a June draft, and Elliot Friedman wrote a little bit of a reaction to it. A couple of different reactions from either different GMs or different folks around the league. And so this is, I guess, he's the deputy commissioner. So this is from Elliot. He says, full disclosure, deputy commissioner Bill Daly, who authored the report, indicates the broadcast networks are on board with this plan. This plan is the rumor that June 5th will be the draft date for the NHL, which, again, would be a draft date before uh, the NHL even comes back, whether it's with a regular season or playoffs or anything. It's just that would be a date well before games resume in any capacity and so like we talked about last week uh, that's without the standings being set possibly especially if they're going to be trying to resume games and have you know points being earned and the standings move around and so it's it's been a very interesting um, conversation I think over the last probably just the last 24 hours really because I, I don't really know what their what their plan is because there's conditional trades to be talked about. There's uh, whether they're doing this by point percentage or this, I think they said they would do changing the lottery format perhaps. And again, as much as that all sounds like a big departure from what they've been doing in recent years with the draft, it's also just an unprecedented time, which I think is what Bill Daly says an awful lot in his, his paper to all the NHL teams. Just that, yeah, I understand that you're not a lot of teams aren't going to like certain parts of this but also we're not going to be able to please everybody and so in that regard i you know i think hats off to them just in that they are facing they're coming to terms with the fact that there's just no perfect plan which i think is true but there are variations of plans that are probably better than the draft in june yeah um Oh man, I just hate this so much. <laughs> I'm trying to have a measured perspective before I just rant and rave about it, but I just I I see this as such a such a perfect like test case of what a, what the NHL does mm-hmm. just to itself over and over again. They have this idea, and I honestly think this is where the the idea for the June draft is most motivated by the fact that they just saw the NFL draft and mm-hmm. um, they, you know, which usually the NFL draft happens, what, about two weeks or three weeks into the NHL playoffs? And then yeah, it's like in April. So they can't, you know, that's just when the playoffs are and, and the NFL draft is as big or, you know, probably almost certainly bigger event than the second round of the NHL playoffs. We but, would have had the lottery by now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in any case, they 
they saw the success of the NFL draft, which I assume did um, great viewership numbers. I'll look that up. Uh, average of 15.6 million viewers on its first three nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11.4 at its peak was last year's draft. So, yeah, its peak was almost 4 million viewers more than last year's draft, which is not that big a surprise considering it was the only kind of semi-live breaking news sports event with due respect to the WNBA draft that's happened in the last month and or two months, I guess, at this point. Damn. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's... They look at that and they think, we can capitalize on the same success because people want to watch live sports and people are definitely going to care about our crappy draft where no one's ever heard of any of the players. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, you and I are huge nerds and we can name what, maybe five picks, mm-hmm. you know, like Byfield and, and Lafreniere and you know, if I dug really deep, I could probably get two or three more out of out of my brain. But it's just not going to work. It's not going to work, and fans don't want it. We did a poll on our Twitter, and it was all it was just a little bit over two to one against. Uh, we just said, "Do you want an NHL draft in June before the season resumes?" And it was two to one against. Uh, 67 to 32.5%. The teams don't seem to want it from the mm-hmm. quotes that Friedman provided, which also I don't understand because I don't know how, I don't think Batman can force anything that the commission, that the owners don't want. So maybe the GMs don't want it and the owners are more open to it because they see it as a profit line. But I just see the NHL doing this all the time where they, do things that fly directly in the face of the fans they do have mm-hmm. to try and win imaginary fans that they will never get. Because they're just not... Like, they could be better run and they mm-hmm. could have more fans than they do have. But it's not going to come from a draft. You know, it's going to come from holistic changes. It's going to come from getting your people and personalities in front of cameras, which God knows the NHL will never allow. I mean, it's hard enough to find the people with personalities, and it's never the big stars, unfortunately, for them. Um, yeah, this league loves to pat itself on the back for, like, even trying. You know, they're like, oh, there's a, we have one lady as a broadcaster. And like, man, you know what? NHL is really moving forward. Like mm-hmm. all the talking heads, Elliot Freeman, all been like, you know, I see a lot of progress. And I was like, this is good, but also like, no, 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 you're still so far behind. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, it, again, they've got certain things they can't control, like basically having a, a coterminous schedule with the NBA, who are just you know massively bigger than them right now, mm-hmm. and um, you know that. It's just, I I don't know, it frustrates me so often because they try to lure fans. It never works. And in the meantime, they alienate fans of their own product. And they make, they're making their product worse because drafts are when trades happen. Drafts are when the biggest trades usually happen, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, there's all sorts of conditional picks that we're just... 
I guess you just have to delay them all until next year, except that doesn't make any sense, because, like, let's say, uh, make up something hypothetical. I think there was a, I think there was a pick, I think part of the skin, sorry, go ahead. I was say, I think the Coleman pick, or Coleman going to Tampa, and Tampa, whatever they gave back to New Jersey, there's, like, a conditional something in there, and Vancouver, New Jersey traded something to Vancouver, yeah. or... Tampa trade something Vancouver anyways. Yeah, but like... It's a convoluted mess, basically. So, like, for example, a, a pretty common condition will be like, hey, this third rounder becomes a second rounder if the whoever's make the second round or the third mm-hmm. round of the playoffs, you know? Mm-hmm. And let's say you traded that conditional pick to the Flyers to get, I don't know, Shane Gostaspear, just picking a name. And mm-hmm. let's say Shane Gostaspear is a free agent after the season. This season ends and you know then the does the condition still count on this season but they just get next year's pick you know let's say you make the third round this season with Shane, Shane Gostaspear or do you make the third round next year without him and then you still have to give up the pick like it's just a it's just a jumbled mess and and it's just it's the NHL to me trying to do something because they've just got this tunnel vision idea that it's going to somehow win them, you know, somehow put them in the league of the NFL, which mm-hmm. they're just never going to be. And that's the thing that they, you know, they never are worried about being the best version of what they already are, which I think is how you naturally actually get more people anyway, you know, mm-hmm. is because you're just, you're never going to be the NFL. <laughs> You know, so it's like, I just, just really frustrates me. And I just want, you know, the draft should be after the season because that's the only way it makes sense. And then also, like, aren't they still talking about finishing the regular season? So even the, even the so-called lottery teams are going to get screwed by this? Like, it just doesn't, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll read you this little first excerpt from Elliot Friedman because I think it speaks a lot to these points. So he says, Friday night, after teams received the NHL's position paper on the possibility of a June draft, there were several reactions. A couple were, they're really trying to convince us, aren't they? Some wouldn't change from an original opinion of, this is terrible, I don't support it. But the biggest response was resignation. It sure reads like, this is what we're doing, get used to it. And he says, that's what it sounds like to to him, to Elliot Friedman. He said, full disclosure, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, who authored the report, indicates the broadcast networks are on board with the plan. The memo also states the league needs a month to prepare. The rumor is June 5th, meaning a decision early next week. That's why the timing for this note makes sense. He says, during a Fox Sports Detroit Facebook live chat on Thursday, Detroit GM Steve Eiserman voiced his opposition to the idea. Steve said, my thought is, why would you do that? Why would you need to do that? There's a lot of things that are affected, obviously. The draft position hasn't been established. We don't know who's in the playoffs, who's out of the playoffs in some cases. But at this time, my own opinion is I haven't heard a good reason why we should do it prior to the end of the season. If we do conclude the season over the course of the summer. And like, especially for his team, Iserman, you know, the Red Wings and everything. I mean, they're they're dead last. They're going to be dead last no matter what, you know, pretty much. But it's still kind of one of those things where if there's a draft lottery... This is, you know, it, it still affects them and how they're going to get bounced around and everything. And mm-hmm. they kind of, 
you know, intentionally tanked this year. I mean, I say that because they had a, a fair amount of players they could have used this year that they had down in the AHL on their team, you know, on the Red Wings, and they could have probably been a better team, but they said, we're not going to ruin these players. We, we want to tank to get, you know, more picks to be able to, like, you know, reestablish this team and rebuild this team. So they did that intentionally so I can understand why they'd be pissed off when they're like, look, you don't screw with our draft. This is, like, our draft. This is what we need. And like you were talking about, too, with those conditional picks, like, say you don't have a pick for next year because you already traded it away, so you can't even push that condition to next year. Like, now you got to, like, give them a different pick from next year's draft or move it another year. It just, yeah, it just fucks with your whole plan. And the, like you said, the whole issue is, like, It'd be one thing if you said, oh, well, literally, this is the only thing we can do. We, there's no other option. It's like, okay, I get it. That really sucks. Like, we're kind of getting used to with a lot of stuff. It's like, that's just the way it is now. But there are other options. They can do this in September or October, which is, so he says, Alec Freeman has a thing. He says, the draft is not moved up. The best case scenario would see the Stanley Cup awarded early to mid-September at the earliest. That would leave a short window for the lottery and the draft before moving on, on to all the other necessary league business before the 2020-21 season begins, which we now know could be December. And the funny thing to me about that is, like, you're going to have a short window no matter what. Like, the, if you're worried about the window, like, get used to it. Because your window for anything is small now. Your window for when you finish the season, you know, and the Stanley Cup gets awarded to when you would start the season December or January is small. Mm-hmm. And, like, just adding planning this entire time from now until September to plan a draft, plan how you're going to hold it, the infrastructure, like the technology to do this all probably still digitally or, you know, with at a distance, you have all this time in the world to plan that so that when September comes and the cup gets awarded, you could do the lottery like the next week if you wanted to. You could do the lottery then like at any point. You can do the actual draft like within like I'd say if you want to be nice to the cup teams and yada yada, like two weeks. Mm-hmm. But you could there's no planning. There's Which no like it's not do, like September you have to start planning then. You could already be planned. Yeah. You already do the draft. That's why I don't understand. Yeah, you already do the draft two weeks after the season ends, the cup is awarded. So like I don't see why that's any harder. I just, I think... Also, like, you're losing, what, eight months? Like, technically? Because you do the draft and everything. It's almost July. You have July, August, September. And even in September, you're playing preseason games. So now you have it, you have the draft end of September. So you have October, November, and then you start playing. And they keep talking about starting in December, but they keep talking about starting in late December. So, like, you pretty much have all the time you need again. Yeah. Yeah. And I just... uh, I feel like, oh, I feel like it's frustrating. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just thinking about all the ways in which it's wrong, and I. It annoys me that they just kind of ignore it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I, I sympathize with these GMs and these teams because, like they said, it sounds like there's no, like the NHL is like this is the way it's going to be, and it's like, but it doesn't have to be that way, like. You're making it this way. Well, the thing, too, is, like, if... Okay, so let's say... So the Red Wings are pretty... Uh, like you said, they're going to be last place regardless. They're currently 23 points behind the rest of the league. <laughs> but any pretty much any other lottery position within, you know, the first five or six after that, any of that could shuffle. So let's mm-hmm. say the fit. Let's say the team with the fifth best odds, which right now would be the Ducks... 
Let's say they win the draft lottery. They're one point behind the Devils. They're two points, three points ahead of the Kings. Either of those teams could easily finish in fifth place when the dra- when the season ends. And, you know, I know it's not the same because, you know, chaos theory and they would have rolled different balls and maybe the uh, Kings logo is, you know, one trillionth of a pound heavier in ink than the Ducks logo or whatever. But, like... It's just like I don't, I don't understand how you can do this and have it, have integrity in your draft. Mm-hmm. Honor the conditional picks that have already been honored. Have any of the excitement of trading for picks and trading players at the draft. I mean, you're not going to have any of that because they don't have anything to trade. They don't know what they're trading. They don't know who their team is next year. It's just. A disaster. I mean, it just seems like an absolute potential disaster to me, you know. And when and and two, it's like you know, that potentially clouds the Petrangelo picture because, like, presumably, if you're going to clear cla- clear cap, the draft is one of the places you could do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just I don't know. It's just it just seems like such a misguided decision. Yeah, um, it's. I just don't think. To me, you can hold the draft and tell people, no, you can't make trades. Yeah. Because, like, people, the, like you said, clearing cap, having space for free agents and stuff. I already saw people are like, well, when are we going to do free agency? Let's such, you know, when are we going to fit that in? And I'm like, okay, all this fitting in, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm thinking of it differently, but like, it's not like free, free agency is like this nine month thing that, like, how do I even shove it in there? Like, in, for the NHL especially, it happens in one day. You go, it's free agency, and then everyone just gets signed, and then it's over. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't understand I don't understand how moving this, essentially losing no off time, just essentially moving the summer to, to the fall, to the fall and winter, um, affects anything. If anything, it gives you more time as a team to plan on who you want to draft, like, figure stuff out as far as trades go and everything. Like, it just gives everyone more time. Yeah, and that's the you thing. You said the NHL is just like, yeah, but we need to capitalize We need to capitalize on this now with the draft. Because, what I, yeah. What I don't get, and, and I've, this is one of those times where I feel like Friedman is a bit of a league apologist. Just, oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, but... What I don't isn't there a line in that story, or maybe it was somewhere else I read where it was like, well, the league really feels like even if they had the season, they'd have just as little time to plan a draft after the season as mm-hmm. they would, you know, it's something to that effect. And it's like, no, because you had the whole season. <laughs> like, it, I don't understand. Presumably, you know, we talked a lot. We've talked a lot of the last few episodes about the wisdom of restarting a season and and how that would look, and you guys can go back and listen to that if you want to hear more, but, like, pretty obviously they're going to do whatever the hell they can to have a season now, and I don't even necessarily think that's the wrong decision at this point, the way, you know, things have turned with the virus and everything. I don't know. I'm glad glad it's not my decision to make, but I don't think they're being reckless necessarily or anything like that. But even still, that's going to take a lot of execution and it's going to take a lot of careful planning. But once you've done that, presumably you will know, you know, whatever whatever you plan, whether it's a 31-team tournament, whether it's a 
a, a totally regular finishing the season you had and then going into a totally normal playoffs, whether it's a play-in game system, a point percentage, whatever the number of options we talked about, whenever you finish that, you're going to know what you have. And you're still probably going to have something resembling a two-month playoff structure. So why can't you then have that, set it in stone, then you'll know when the draft is, then you'll know when the season ends, presumably, or roughly when the season ends, like you always do. You know, you never know. The last year in April, they didn't know that the season would end on June 12th, but they knew, it. well, I guess they knew it couldn't end any later than June 12th, you know? Because that was game seven, but like, um, you know, it's just then you've got the whole the whole season while they're doing a season thing, and I realize that's not just you know you've still got lots of stuff to plan and execute regarding that, but like then you go and plan the draft, and you have it like you normally would. I just don't how can, how can you have a draft before a season ends? I know MLB does it every year, but part of that is because. They never, ever, ever have players come from the draft straight to the majors, you know? And and the NHL rarely does. But I just, I don't get it. And the most important thing is if it really is just a, a hey, well, let's capitalize off the momentum and, and people are looking for live content to watch, it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all because nobody cares. And even if more people watch the draft as kind of an idol, like, oh, this is on and it's sports, they're not going to, that's not going to convert them into fans. You got to, nobody's going to be like, oh, shit, man, I really got to see where this Alexi Lafreniere kid goes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hardcore Red Wings fan now. You know, like, that's, maybe, maybe six people do that. You know, in the yeah, you earned yourself six and people. that's but like you can't uh you're not gonna become a huge organization because of that. I just don't it's not hard. That's so that's, obvious to me. That's funny to me too, and maybe like maybe I'm out of the loop. Maybe this is actually happening, but like people are talking about I'll I need any sports, any sports that comes back, I'll be in the sports. Give me whatever. And so like and I even heard people go, if Korean baseball's coming back or is back now, like I'm I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it. But no one's watching it. I've heard no one watch it. And you can actually watch it pretty easily online, I found. And, like, no one's like, oh, now we're watching that nonstop. And it's like, and sorry, NHL, but you're Korean baseball. Just because you come back with a draft, no one cares. And And it's so funny because uh, Bill Daly says something about you can't compare the 2020 NHL draft to another year's draft. Like, he's basically saying, like, there's no perfect way. And he goes, uh, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. And to be quite honest... Like we've just been saying, it's not an apples to apples comparison. When, like you said, when you're like, well, we're just like the, any of the other sports leagues, you know, hopefully yeah. people will watch our drafts. Like, no, it is not apples to apples, sir. You don't, you are not as big as the NFL. You do not have any, like any of the personality of the NFL. Like, you don't have, what, what did I hear on Dangle uh, this week? Disney or whatever? I mean, it was ABC. It's like ABC money, Disney money yeah. that's essentially yeah. was putting on that draft. You're not getting them. Like, it's just like, not, it's, you're not. You're not going to be that. They're it's going to be awkward and weird. Have you seen the NHL awards? The thing that try that tries so hard oh, to have some so sort bad. of personality. So hard. That's so bad. Yeah. It's embarrassing. I feel I feel embarrassed. Well, that's the thing. At, is- that's where they award these like historic trophies. Is like with some of them being I don't know, just like some shoehorned in jokes. Jay it's Baruchel like, making crappy maple leaf jokes. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Is like they're gonna they're gonna 
they're going to screw it up. Like, not on top of everything else, even if, let's say, hypothetically, they drag all these eyes to their product, then it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> because it's not going to be the seamless production that the NFL have with Jerry Jones on a yacht and Cliff Kingsbury and his incredible mansion and, and all these things that got people talking on Twitter and trended world uh, so, yeah. and stuff. Whether or, not, whether or not you like that, people talk it. And on top of that, like think of any GM or any owner, I guess at least GM and the NHL, like all of them, you've seen them. They're all the same human. Mm-hmm. They all speak the same way. They all say the oh, same thing. If, if anything, it's just going to highlight the complete lack of diversity. The, yeah. total, <laughs> the total monotony of everything. Things are falling off the wall behind me. Don't Steven's dead. Me. I've died. That clock just came down. Oh no, the poster came. Oh my God! Contra. Which poster? The Cardinals poster. Oh my God! It just fell off its little command hooks. That's that's you heard it here first, folks. Don't buy command strips. They after eight or nine years, they will completely fail. <laughs> um, but no, it just it's just, just and the, I hate. I feel like it's such a an excuse anytime someone says, well. You can't compare this to any other draft. You know, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect is just a way of saying, I know what I've chosen is bad, but <laughs> I'm. it's the thing I want, so I'm going with it. It's yeah. not, you know, like, it's never going to be perfect is only an excuse. It's never a justification. And Bill Daly is using it as a justification. My favorite thing, too, is that he says the fact of the matter is that whenever we hold the 2020 draft in early June or, quote-unquote, shoehorned into a short window in October or November, I was like, shoehorned? You dare say shoehorned about October November after the season's done? Yeah. But not shoehorned to June? Or shoehorned the entire season. It's just, ugh. <laughs> I don't know how the teams don't stop this, and it's not going to get stopped, and that's what upsets me and I'll, I'll, be, sure I'll be there for it yeah sure as shit we'll be watching it either <laughs> by video conference or socially distanced in a family room somewhere and i do love but, the fact that this is going to be like that what did that nfl do was it like literally a zoom call uh it was it was i mean it was really well produced but it was essentially yeah. everybody was yeah in their homes and i don't know they didn't they didn't show a lot of the, like, the actual, like, the pick is in sort of stuff. They wouldn't show, like, the GM calling it in. It'd just be, they'd have kind of reaction shots and stuff, but. Because, mm. like, I was just thinking how it's so weird when you see stuff like that, where you're like, oh, wow, these millionaires, billionaires, or whatever, uh, just they're just like us. They're just using, using video technology just like us. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can't wait until someone hacks the NHL Zoom and picks the, you know, butthead McGee 11th overall for the Anaheim Ducks, and because the picks are legally binding, the Anaheim Ducks have to, you know, forever just have butthead <laughs> McGee as their first. Wasn't there some draft where some multiple fake players got picked? Or, or a, the Was same, it really? Or the same ineligible player got picked multiple times or something? I don't know. Now that does sound familiar. Um... But, uh, or there was like a fake team or something. I don't remember the whole story, but the historians out there will know and tell us, I assume. Uh, you want to move on from this depressing topic? Yeah, let's do it. 
Excellent. Uh, I've got some some just trivia, some awful trivia to to torture you with, or not really torture you with. It's good fun. It's good, you know. It's, we're, we're all having a good time. It's not like the other podcast where we actively try to torture you. But is there anything you'd like to discuss before we do that? Um. No. One thing I want to talk about that I. I've Googled, man, there, wow, this is a very short Wikipedia article. Perfect. Um, do you remember, so we were talking about the NHL's just sad attempts to to gain new fans via anything other than improving the product. The Stanley drawings. Do you, got, you, you got it, sir. You got it. I do remember that. Uh, what was that, like Guardian an all-star project. game? Was it like the 05 All-Star Game or something? Probably more recent. It was like 2011. Let's see. The Guardian characters were revealed sequentially according to a bracket pairing. Guardians and encouraging fans to vote via Facebook on which character they would like to see first. The superheroes were revealed every day from January 1st, 2011 till January 30th in time for the 2011 NHL NHL All-Star Game in Raleigh, North Carolina. By June, NBC Universal had signed a multi-million dollar deal with GME, hoping to exploit the Guardian franchise in various media. But by December 2011, the project failed to develop momentum and was dropped without further fanfare. <laughs> oh, boy. The Blue was a master musician who controls the element of sound using it for mind control. Interdimensional teleportation expert as well. Oh man, I remember they each had like a little like ten page like digital comic you could read, and it was just funny to see them kind of try and render St. Louis in like a comic booky way, and he was like fighting stuff, and I'm like, look, he's by the fox, neat. Mm. Just like uh, the plot is, Mike Mason is a 15 year old hockey fan who sketched 30 different characters for the NHL teams, designing their powers and personalities, giving them alter egos, and writing about grand adventures they would embark on. Once the evil Devin Dark and his military machines attack Earth, Mason's characters come to life as the Guardians. The sad thing is it's queer that this was just Stanley's, like, bullshit side project, because no effort went into these. Nah, he just needed, like, a little money. I mean, look at the Saver. The Saver's awful. The Senator's awful. Some of them are so bad. The Hurricane is kind of cool, I guess, but... You gotta look up the Oilers one. The Oilers one is just like a dude shooting oil. <laughs> Which can't be like, why is that a hero? That can't be a hero. That's an ecological disaster. That's not... uh, oh man, the du- I think the duck one, the Anaheim oh duck one. Oh my god, that's like... awful. Why is he doing that? Yeah. And why does he look like that? Oh, they're bad. The roughneck protector of the Great White North <laughs> spews oil all over the sand. <laughs> also like so the thing is people i go to the nhl and it's all for fun and it's for kids but like you know spider-man and and uh, all these different heroes and stuff they're in like new york city or they're in like san francisco or they're wherever because you know people might attack there that's you know a lot of a lot of stuff there a big population no one's going after edmonton no no one's attacking the great white north of canada if dr doom took over the entire planet edmonton wouldn't even notice yeah. It would be completely be untouched. Um, <laughs> so I have a couple of things that I can I can potentially ask you about now. I think this one we've done before, but if we did it, it was you quizzing me, not the other way around. Okay. Um, 
And I forget things fairly easily. I recently did an article on every franchise's top goal scorer at the, the hockeywriters.com. And oh boy. Uh, I just thought we'd uh, take you through it and see how well you did. Okay. If you're interested. If you know, everything's consensual here, so you've got you to gotta say it's okay. I agree. Okay. All right. You want to just go alphabetically then? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. okay, but you got to come up with the system. Uh, all right. The, the Anaheim Ducks starting it easy. Okay. That's got to be, oh God, I, you say that and then I'm like, going to be like wrong one. Uh, that's going to be, ah, oh, fudge. That's got to be Team Solani, yeah? Yep. You are okay. correct. Woo. You are correct. Uh, he had. You want and want to guess at how many goals he had just for the Ducks? Oh God, no! I feel like I'm really bad at like, like uh, trying numbers. to conceptualize like how many goals someone has. He had uh, 457. Oh, okay. I was going to guess 500. Okay. Two stints because he left and then came back. The the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. Arizona. Is that Phil Kessel? That's Shane Doan. Yep, that one's okay. pretty easy. He was there for like twenty years, so he got them by attrition. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it'd be sad if he didn't have. He's one. been there. He was there so long. He was drafted by the Winnipeg Jets. Um, he actually played in Winnipeg. I think. Yeah, I think his I rookie think season. He was the last like original Winnipeg yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For he sure. still be playing. He have to be. He retired at like forty-five. Uh, the Boston Bruins. This is a name I didn't know at all because oh, I'm, my hockey history is bad. Is it Boston Bruins? Yeah. Is it one of the Espositos? Uh, it is not. No, no. I've heard of them. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's not Ray Bork. No, no. I'm not that ignorant of hockey. I know. I know, but I am. I don't know. I don't know. The man's name was John Buck or John Busick, but I assume John Buck. Wow. Uh, B-U-C-Y-K had 545 goals. Uh, played during their heyday of the 60s and 70s. Was traded there for Terry Sawchuk, who went from the Red Wings to the uh, Bruins back to the Red Wings. And then Buck came in and scored 545 goals in 1,436 games with the Bruins. As he aged, he helped them win Stanley Cups in 70 and 72 against our very own Blues. And he grabbed a Lady Bing trophy. So good for John Buck, also known as Chief, as have been half of the hockey players <laughs> history. Uh, Buffalo Sabres. The very uh, the very best goal scorer for the Buffalo Sabres is not Jack Eichel, believe it or not. Do you know who it is? Oh, no. I he, should. Here's a fun fact. He yeah. was the first ever Buffalo Sabres draft pick. 1970, first overall pick in their inaugural draft. Really? French connection ringing any bells? I know that term. <laughs> it's That's not, not, not our guy. It's not Pat LaFontaine, no. No, 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 no. His no, name is Gilbert Perot. 
Uh, I yes. say that as if that was on the tip of my tongue. It was, but I have heard of that. Person. 512 goals with the Sabres. And his number 11 is retired. Uh, here's an easier one. Calgary Flames. Jerome McGinley. You got it. 525 goals. Hopefully another easier one. Carolina Hurricanes. Remember oh, that we are including, uh, you know, Hartford for them and, and uh, Winnipeg oh, for, yeah. or Atlanta for Winnipeg and so on. Where appropriate. Is it Francis? It is. Ronnie Franchise. Uh, who was a whaler for a long time, and then he was a penguin for the period of his career that mattered, and then he was a hurricane again for a long time. Uh, he drafted in 1981, played nine and a half seasons in Hartford, then moved to the Penguins, uh, won a bunch of Lady Bings and a, a pair of back-to-back Stanley Cups, and then returned to Carolina as a free agent after they'd moved, and then was their general manager for a long time, and is now now the general manager for Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. So good for Ronnie Francis. Do you know who scored the most goals only as a Carolina Hurricane? Um... You can probably get this one. I would guess it's um, Eric Stahl. You are correct. Uh, Francis had 60 more goals overall, which is surprising that Stahl had 322. Um, But Stahl's 322 came all in Carolina, where only 118 of Francis's came there. All right. Building momentum. Doing great. (laughs) Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, This is Esposito. No, no, no. Fudge. You got this. Come on. Do I really? I think you should. I probably should, but I'm not going to because <laughs> there's a number of people, but I know it's not any of them. Uh, it might be one of them. <laughs> but it's not. Okie dokie. Oh no! Wait, or is this? <laughs> okay, so is it's is it Patrick Kane? No, <laughs> See, it's not Patrick Kane. <laughs> I'm literally drawing a blank. Uh, you want me to tell you? Mm-hmm. You want to not be happy with yourself? Yeah, I'm already. It's Bobby Hull. <laughs> uh... Hey, you know what? They're the Blackhawks. They don't deserve you to waste your brain space on them. Uh, How many does he have? Uh, 604. <laughs> it's like second, do you know? Uh, Makita, I assume, is second. I okay. don't have it right here in front of me. Why do I get? Why do I keep thinking there's an Esposito that's scored the most somewhere? I don't think an Esposito did score the most anywhere. I um, believe you. But uh, I think Espositos were high everywhere. I mean, they were really good. Uh, but you can keep guessing Esposito if you'd like. Okay. Might be com- I will. Might at be least one more. Comedically fulfilling. Uh, it was uh, Hall 604, Makita 541, Steve Larmer uh, 406, and Patrick Kane 389. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche should be an easy one. Sackick. Joe Sackick. Correct. Very correct. Um. The uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Ooh. 
Oh, um, Rick Nash. There you go. See, you're on a roll now. The Dallas Stars. Mike Madano. Correct. 557. Uh, also technically drafted by the Minnesota North Stars, the second overall first, uh, the second first overall American chosen uh, at that position. Do you know who the first was? Oh, before him, you mean? Yeah, and one okay. American was taken first overall before Mike Medano. Oh, man. And what, it's what year was Mike Medano taken? Huh? What year was Mike Medano taken? 88. 88. American first yeah. overall before Mike Medano. Nope. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit of a, an outside one. Brian Lawton, also selected by the North Stars. And Wait, isn't that the guy on NHL Network? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Huh. Uh, and uh, after that, Brian Berard in 95, Rick DiPietro in 2000, our very own Eric Johnson in 06, uh, Patrick Kane in 07, Austin Matthews in 16, and Jack Hughes in 19. To this day, only eight, eight Americans have gone first overall. Not great, America. Pick your shit up. <laughs> Get your shit together. Uh, okay, that was Mike Medano. N Detroit Red Wings. I would think these next two should be pretty Tease. <laughs> oh, God, I hope. Steve Eiserman? Oh, oh, Ian. Oh, my oh, fuck up. Take a beat, my friend. <laughs> Is it because I'm looking right at his name You're right here? I hope. In front of me? I hope. I was like literally reading the straight GM Steve Eiserman. That's very possible. Now, what if somebody played for the Red Wings for a thousand years? They would probably have a lot of goals. Yeah, Steve Eiserman. <laughs> <laughs> Someone synonymous with the game of hockey. Such yeah, Gordy Howe. There you go. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers. You want to guess Steve Eiserman or Phil uh, Steve Eiserman. For that one? <laughs> yeah, Phil <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. It's funny that Gretzky only had 583 of his career goals with the Islanders, though, which is far less than Howe's 786. It all came with the Red Wings. Uh, the Florida Panthers, uh, just a, a stunning tribute to their Oh, I know this one. This is Ali Jokinen. It sure is. It sure is Ali Jokinen. Former blue Ali Jokinen. The great. Man, we had a, we had a Panther great on this team. That's right. <laughs> we didn't even know it. That's entire, well, you know, him and Jay Bowmeister. We just collect them. Uh, Jokinen has 188, by the way, and I think uh, Barkov has 155. So hopefully next season they won't get to rewrite their history a little bit. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings. Oh. Still involved in the organization. F front office role, prominent front office role. Oh, um... I always get his last name. That's who I'm thinking. I always get his last name, except for a different player. Jack Roslovich, perhaps. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, Luke Robitaille. There you go. He got okay. it. I get, I get it mixed up with Robita. Oh yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is not not the same person. Uh, no, not quite. Uh, the Minnesota Wild. 
it's just wild, wild stuff going on. There. Um, oh, see, is that Marion Gambrick? It is. Okay. Was he there? Was he out there while you were in college, or was that was he gone before that? Was he? He might have been in this first couple seasons. Yeah. Like the first, yeah, the first couple of years I was up there. I yeah. think he might have still been up there. That makes sense. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Um. Oh no, that's um. Wait, no. Yes, no. Fairly prominent goal scoring trophy named after this. Okay, I know. Well, I was like, I was like, was it him or was it number four? Okay, so Rocket Rashad. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, he had uh, five hundred and forty-four in his time there, uh, and eighteen seasons and eight Stanley Cups. Wow. Uh, what a dick. <laughs> um, the, oh, just another stunning tribute to ineptitude. Ian, do you know who scored the most goals for the Nashville Predators in their career? I do. Go ahead and hit me with it. It's David Legwan. Oh, it's so sad. Get better, Nashville. <laughs> uh, they gotta be coming close to somebody else now at this point, yeah? Although they kind of churn people in and out so. these days. Who would be close? I guess I don't not because like Forsberg's there yet. Yeah, he's not there, and uh, like it's not. And Johansson doesn't score goals. Yeah, uh, there's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to be real careful when you type a Google search that starts with predators. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me look this up. Dot 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 dot. Peter Laviolette's not their coach anymore. You shits. You shits. Shea Weber is at 166. Oh, he's actually tied with Philip Forsberg. So Forsberg could get there. I feel like even that, though, would be kind of lame if that's their number one, you know? Even that feels sort of like a letdown. Sorry, Philip. It's true. Get good, my guy. Get good. Um, That's my take. That's my hot take. (laughs) Philip Forsberg, get good. How about the New Jersey Devils? Uh, I should know this. It's, uh, yeah, probably, but it's one of those names that's not going to, like, blow you away. Is it Patrick Elias? It is. Yeah. He didn't blow you away, did he? He, to me, and I'm sure, and he's better than, he, and I feel bad saying that. He, to me, is bad. <laughs> he's, he's, like... A much better, I don't even know, I'm, this is like a shit comparison. This is just me in my brain. But I always think of him as like a much, much better Alexander Steen, where he's like, we know about him. St. Louis loves Alexander Steen. But to, uh, like, if I said Alexander Steen to like a, a Washington Capitol fan, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know that name, yeah. But they wouldn't like know, too, like they wouldn't know who the fuck that is. Yeah, I think, you're, I think that's actually a great comparison for him. He never won trophies. He, you know, didn't even win most of their Stanley Cups. But he was just there for a long time and was was solid. Um, the New York Islanders. Hmm. There's gotta be. Oh boy. Now see, it could be an Esposito here. God damn it! You shut up now. <laughs> um. No, and then once his face wasn't there for too long, but he scored a lot all the time. Sure is it Mike Bossy? It it's not was. Mike Bossy. It was Mike Bossy. Five hundred and seventy yeah. goals. Really? Yeah, he scored a lot. 
But then didn't he just leave? Didn't he, he like get hurt and he just like I'm done? 573 goals and 1,126 points in 10 seasons. Jesus. <laughs> 15th overall in the 1977 draft, won the Calder Trophy, had 25 power play goals and 91 points. He won the Three Lady Bings. He was the biggest scoring threat for their 80s dynasty and helped them win Stanley Cups in four consecutive seasons. Uh, Bossy is the only player to score the Stanley Cup winning goal in back-to-back seasons, 82 and 83. Uh, but then he had a, uh, I think a back problem. Yeah, he had a bad back and he retired in 1987, 88. Oh my God, Steven, is this guy like the best player ever for like, just like a period of time? If that every makes time, sense, like, every in a 10-year period, he's like, it's insanity. Every time I hear people say... Lemieux should be considered alongside Gretzky because of how his career was shortened and cut up. Mm-hmm. I always think about Mike Bossy because that's just how do you get a thousand? How do you get eleven hundred points in two? See, in ten seasons, and you got to figure if his back was bad enough in like year ten to retire, it wasn't great in like year six or seven. Mm-hmm. You know, like. <clears throat> completely ridiculous. He had... What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine 50-goal seasons. 50-plus yep. goal. Oh, my and God. Five of those were 60-plus. Jesus. Yeah, he's pretty good. I know that's a, that was a, just a stacked team, but he's pretty good. Uh, by the way, for folks who don't know their hockey history, which includes me, I'm not calling anyone out. On I was this. like, yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, those 100 Greatest Player videos they cut for the NHL are actually really good. One of the few, one of the few things the NHL has done well over time. So uh, you can check those out, I'm sure, just by YouTubing 100 Greatest. I always just search, you know, player's name 100 and it comes right up, but... Uh, check them out if you're. How if you're sad is that, though? That I could watch like a Mike Bossy video for like how great he was, hundred greatest, and then I could go click on a Jonathan Taves video. Yeah, yeah. If you want to hear us dunk on Jonathan Taves, visit our episode from last week. <laughs> I want it that Taves. Uh, number uh, the New York Rangers. I almost said his name, and then I almost said a number that didn't exist, and then I said what I meant. <laughs> Number Flarvingar. I, um, I don't think you'll get this, but it's possible. Because it's not like Brian Leach or Mark Messi. Oh, okay. Well, doink, <laughs> doink and doink. Um, I was like, I'll get Mark Messi. Come on. Oh, uh, boy. I don't know that. The man's name was Rod Gilbert. He was a steady force during the 60s and 70s and scored 406 goals and 1,021 points in 1,065 games. The New York Rangers don't have a player that scored more than 406 goals for them? They are a surprisingly not good franchise historically. Yeah, like it's it's very odd. Uh, Yeah, and even this guy is like not, I mean, he joined the Hall of Fame, but he's not like a legend you know he's mm-hmm. not bernie federko for example uh the ottawa senators are next mm, sure are 
I think you can do this. Right? You think I got I this? I believe in you. Is it? Uh, is it oh, Daniel? I Alfredson? heard it on your tongue. Yes, it is. It's Daniel Alfredson. Okay. Four hundred and twenty-six goals. Daniel Alfredson played one thousand one hundred and seventy-eight games in his career. He is not the Ottawa Senators' career leader because Chris Phillips played one thousand one hundred and seventy-nine. Exactly one more game, but Alfredson is the leader in most other categories. How about the Philadelphia Flyers, Ian? This one is another one that I'm like, mm, don't know about this guy. Don't know. Don't know. Really? Really? Hmm. Well, then it's an Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is not. I hate to disappoint. Damn. Who is it? Uh, his name is Bill Barber. What? Bill Barber. He was on both of their Stanley Cup teams in 74 and 75. He was drafted in 72. Had 420, hey, lied him, uh, <laughs> goals in his career. Um, and 883 points and was forced to retire because of a uh, knee injury. And fun fact, has won a Jack Adams Award in our lifetime in 2000-2001. So if you really knew league history, you'd have just known that. Who did he coach? The Flyers. Boo. As I say, of course, I'll be the Flyers. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are next. I don't know. Mario. You are correct. I was like, do you actually not know? Because <laughs> I'm going to have some problems with that. The San Jose Sharks. Mm. This has got to be Patrick Marlowe. That's correct. 518 goals in his career. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, that dude is just a picture of longevity and of, you know, poor hair care. Uh, <laughs> the St. Louis Blues. Brett Hall. Correct. 527. Very beautiful picture of him in the uh, clown jerseys next to Mr. Gretzky here. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm. At this point, is it Steven Stamkins? It is. 422 goals he's already got. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. How old is he? He's like, he's like Petro's age. They played on a team together. Yeah, I think he was, wasn't he first overall that same year? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly Petro's age. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Hmm. This is wait no. Wait, hold on. Wait, what? Wait, <laughs> what? Should I get this one? Yes. I should get this one. Yes. Although you may think of him as a Vancouver Canucks legend. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> Matt Sundin. Yes. Yeah. With how many? Not that many. Four twenty. Light him. Uh, yeah. Okay, so okay, no. Yeah. Uh, Again, the Maple Leafs, not all that great a franchise. <laughs> um, he had, yeah, 420. Did you know Matt Sundin drafted by the Quebec Nordiques? I don't think any knew that. Traded uh, to the Maple Leafs after uh, they, they surrendered Wendell Clark uh, to land him. And, uh, you know. 
good for good for them. That's a good idea. This next one's my favorite one because you know who it is, but you gotta remember which one. It's the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch! I'm, a, I'm like, gonna have one? to. I'm gonna have to give you one guess on this one. I'm gonna have to be <laughs> have to be ruthless. Like, give him, give me a hint. What's their last name? <laughs> last name starts with S. Um, Matt Sunday. <laughs> um, it's I think it's Hendrick. It's not though. It's not. It's Daniel. Hendrick but Hendrick had more points. Hendrick had way more, or not way more, but more points. But Daniel had significantly more goals. Really. Hendrick had twenty nine more points. Daniel had. Uh, substantially, I wrote substantially more goals, but I think it's like upwards of a hundred more goals. Really? Yeah. Hendrick was the captain, yeah? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think Hendrick was the all-around better, like, player, if you had to, like, pick That's one. so weird, because to me, they're, like, literally just, like, you just have two, it'd be like having, I know they're not the same type of player, but it's just like having two Tarasenkos, so I just think they're, they're, um, stats like a match to you uh-huh. know within like 10 points of each other and everything but yeah it kind of blows me away that one was actually that much that much more productive in goal scoring henrik sedin had 240 goals and daniel had 393 what yeah doesn't that blow your mind but then daniel had 648 assists to henrik's 830 Wow, I didn't realize there was that much of a difference. And they played, Daniel played 24 fewer games, so. I guess they are really similar. Like, if you take away those 24 games, the 29 points Henrik had over Daniel, they are really, at the end of the day, very similar in just overall production. But Yeah, well, I guess so then Henrik, I guess I never think about this either. So Henrik was the center. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I suppose that's right, yeah. Okay crazy man what a like what a thing that we lived through for all our know. lives too. <laughs> you know like for uh, that's what's weird i feel like i didn't like appreciate the fact that that's probably not gonna happen again yeah. maybe ever yeah yeah i mean even well even if you get like a you know well, let's say the kachucks matthew and brady mm-hmm. unite here or something you know it's still not gonna be twins on the same line for their entire careers you know mm-hmm. it's just insane uh here's another you know pick a name out of a hat uh see if you might be right the vegas golden knights oh now yeah currently oh boy (laughs) no give me their goal leader from six years ago you fucking (laughs) (laughs) i just mean like the beginning of the season i don't know who scored and all that stuff throughout this year uh because it matters this year matters what happened uh is it william carlson it is it's old bill carlson uh yeah that wasn't uh, much in doubt i don't think the washington capitals actually jonathan mercer so eight goals behind bill carlson uh so it was close would that have been your other guess yeah i think it was those yeah. two yeah good call good call washington capitals shouldn't be I, should i have the guess who's behind ovechkin <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you want to that'd be fun I Is wonder, it Peter Bondra? I was going to say, I, that's who I'd assume, but let me look it up. Uh, dot, 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 dot. It's not going to be Nick West Backstrom, because that would fuck with my brain. It's Peter <laughs> Bondra. Cha-cha. Bondra had 472. 
I love Peter Vondra. And what's Ovechkin have now? Over 600 now? He's over 7 now, baby. He's over 7 now? Yeah, 706. He scored his 700th on my my mom's birthday, February 22nd. Man, that's even crazier to me now that we've talked about all the different goal scorers, you know, all these teams' best goal scorers. And now you're like, yeah, that guy had 420. I'm like, wow, that's a, you know, that's a lot of goals. And they're like, that guy had 530. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of goals. And like, this guy's got 706 and is still playing. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. I got a, our, at the Hockey Writers, we have, you know, various, various sources we can pay for images from, but we also have a couple of, you know, photographers we pay to go out to games uh, in mm. certain cities. And I think one of them is in Philly, um, which I guess is where his goal happened. But whatever the case is, maybe she was just chasing the moment. We actually had a photographer at the game where he scored his 700th and she got like a shot of him basically taking the shot. Like you can see the... You can see the stick bending and the blade is kind of blurry and the puck's just sitting on a T form. It's kind of awesome. It's a really oh, cool, cool photo. Um, but yeah, that's just a, that's an aside. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, the saddest, I think the very saddest of all of these leaders. Oh, this is uh, this is Winnipeg Jets legend Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> that's right, with 328 goals, all of them for the Atlanta Thrash. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who uh, is first among Jets players? Oh, should I know? Is it who I think it is? Probably. It's is not it Patrick, Patrick Wine. It's not. Sorry, I, I, when you said "is it who I think it is," I, I reconsidered. Real ah, just kidding. Uh, no, it's uh, Blake Wheeler because he's also oh, been there yeah. since they were the Thrashers. The Bruins traded Wheeler to the Thrashers the season before they moved in 20. Man, Patrick Laine, I forgot that the Jets were, I mean, they're not very good right now, but I uh, forgot prior to their sort of surge in the standings that they were pretty bad. Yeah, and doesn't it seem like the uh, Jets have been the Jets for substantially longer than uh, it's actually been? 2011... When? Is not that long ago. When was it? Their first Jets season was 2012, I guess. 2011, 2012. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. It just seems like they've been up there forever. Like, they, mm-hmm. it's, not even, it's not even as much that they seem like they've been up there forever. It, it's more that the Atlanta Thrashers seem like a thing of the distant, distant past. Oh, yeah. If you're like, there was an Atlanta Thrashers game in 2011. I'm like, no, there wasn't. <laughs> okay, Mr. Moon Man, whatever you say. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you did uh, 25 out of 31. I think that's very, very respectable. I would say commendable. Yeah, many of those people just aren't even real people. That's right. Uh, and the, the other way I thought of torturing you, if you'd like to participate again, once again, it has to be consensual Mm -hmm. is blues captains. Mm. (laughs) Just, you know, how many are there? There are one. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. How many do you think you can get? I think you can get fifteen. I believe in you. Let me tell you a funny side. Let me tell you. 
Was that your dog or was that, that was me? <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> Uh, let me tell you a funny side story, though. I spent a good deal of preparation for this podcast worrying about whether you would use the poster of the captains that is in, oh. our, in our typical recording room to your advantage and whether I'd have to hide it. And it only occurred to me while we were significantly into this podcast that you're not here and that that's not a problem. So, And it can occur to you now that that does exist in my, or I have a, a thing like that. Same thing, a different thing of the captains. Ah, in this so you've got, you're going to, but it's not in this room. I mean, they're not named on there, so you're probably fine anyway. That's what I mean. To tell, to tell you the truth, I've looked it over. I think I've like a year kind of named them all in my head, but there's at least like, I think, yeah, probably about seven or eight that I'm like, I don't know that man. I don't know that man. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So why don't you give it a shot? Name as many as you can get, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. I think those initial ones are just like no way, but okay, we can work. We can work our way backwards at least. Well, you know, go. you can go backwards, and then you can just do great names in boys history. Anyway. Great names, yeah. Okay, so you got Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. You got Bacchus. Mm-hmm. You've got Brewer. That's correct. Who I would have honestly forgotten if I wasn't going backwards. <laughs> um, before Brewer, oh, this is... there, there was like a year of like Dallas Drake, and wasn't that's there? Correct, Dallas Drake. Oh. Got an autograph of him in my room right here. Dallas Drake. That, Did was, we... that was the Dark Age. The Dark Ages. Um, was Doug Waite the captain? He was not. He was not. Nope. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, dead wrong. Um, <laughs> Al McKinnis. That's correct. Dallas Drake, by the way, actually captain for two seasons. Oh, really? As long as Al McKinnis was captain. Oh, yeah, because before that was Chris Pronger. Yeah. And then Brett Hall. You have now skipped two captains. Hey, fuck you. I'm just letting you know. Just let me put Brett Hall down there. Put Wayne Gretzky down there. There you go. Got Wayne Gretzky. He was right before Chris Bronger. But there was a transition captain between Hall and Bronger, which I didn't even know. And I don't know why, because Hall never left. Between Hall and Pronger, there was a transition captain. Yeah. Also a former Oiler. 53 years of age. Like now. No, at the time. At the time. Suffers from ulcerative colitis. <laughs> we're going to leave that one Which be. is not I'll funny. I'll come back. It's a funny, it's a funny condition. I'm sorry. So we had Hall. We had all them. Uh, Bernie Federico's in there. Yep. Yep. That's correct. Brian Sutter's in there. Uh, for quite a while. Yep. You are already up to 10. So you just need to hit five more. Five more. Oh, Stephen. Oh. Um, with the one missing in there. Were there people? I said Brett Hall, and then I said Bernie Federico. There's people between Brett Hall and Bernie Federico? Quite a few, yes. Okay, there's like a lot. 
Was Garth Butcher a captain? He was, in fact. Very good, Paul. That was the one immediately before Brett Hall. Oh, no. There's... <laughs> I don't know why that matters. There's people between Garth Butcher and Bernie Federico. Think about people we may have had for a very short period of time that were then pried from us by the league. Oh, Scott Stevens? That's correct. Now, then that means Rod Brindamore was a captain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I, I feel like you're, you can get a, a, a fair number of these remaining ones by just naming early great players in the, in the old. Oh, days. yeah. Let's see. Red Berenson? Yep. Captain number two. Man, I don't know. Would I know number one? Yes. Is number one weird? Or no, I it's wouldn't know number weird, one. weird, but you definitely know him. Okay. You don't necessarily think of him as a player, primarily. I've said too much. I've given it away. I've I would have thought that was Red Barons. <laughs> Red Barons is one that co like still coaches yeah. today. Uh, okay. I think he's finally retired, but it was still okay. Or like, what is it? Like Michigan? It was yeah. like Western? No, it was Michigan. Real Michigan. Okay. Oh, it was real Michigan? Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. Good for him. <laughs> oh, okay. Red Berenson. Who's some other who's some other old farts from this team that I should know? There's there's two that you're really overlooking. Mm, that can't point. be true. That can't be true. Nah, you're probably right. I already said Bernie Federico, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Boom, rested. Rested the brain. <laughs> That's right. Second. Oh, boy. Bernie Federico is in the 80s. Red Berenson was in like the 70s. And I said Bernie <laughs> Stutter, and he was around for a long time. There can't be other ones. Um, Bernie Federico was only the captain for a year, though. Really? Yeah, because he was like. Oh, because he was with Brian Sutter the whole time. Sutter exclusively. Oh, uh, okay. Wow, I, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Well, it just throws my whole day for a loop. <laughs> I don't think him as a cat as a player primarily. You can do it, Ian. I believe in you. No, you shouldn't. None of our goalies were ever captains, were they? No, 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 no. God. Yeah. I never got that. Cross, all right, cross those up. <laughs> I don't know. What am I at right now? 10, 11, maybe? 11, I think. 11 now? Wait, hold on. I'm just because of the Red Baron's and all. Oh. Lied. You're at 13. Very good. Okay. Barclay Plager. Yes. Bobby Plager? Correct. <laughs> those were the yeah, two. Yes, that, he is also first. <laughs> those were the two that I felt like you had probably overlooked a little bit. I was like, who's really old? <laughs> like, literally thinking of people's faces that are still alive. I was like, oh, yeah. 
So you now have 15. Oh, I do? Yeah. I thought I was at 11 before. I think there are two that you could still conceivably get. No, you were at 13. I counted wrong. Uh, But if you want to throw in the towel and let me tell you, I'm happy to do that. There's seven more, but there's a transitional there's, guy I'm missing. There's five that are preposterous, though. So. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> no one's going to remember those people. That's right. There are two, two. The first one I think you can get, and the guy, the third one, who's after Red Berenson, if you just think of great boys players, I think you can get two. Oh, after Red Berenson. Should I get the transitional guy? Or is oh, like God, a... no. No, no, no. Oh, okay, really? <laughs> that was wow. some, some Mike Keenan nonsense. <laughs> now I really want to know. <laughs> um, after Red Berenson. Red Berenson was in the 70s, I'm guessing. Yep, 70 to 71, and also 77 to 78. Uh. Our captaincy jumped around early on a lot. The old Garfield presidency. So basically, the first seven captains all played, like, with each other. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you want to throw it in, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Whenever you're ready. I, I, think, I think I'll throw it in. All right. So you got 15 of 22. Okay. And as I said, the remaining seven, most of them pretty forgettable. The one that I think you could have gotten the first ever captain was uh, Al Arbor. Ah, shit. The third captain, though, and I think this one's really going to tear you up, is Unga Bunga. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, I wasn't even thinking of, like, some players. That's Holy shit. Just, it's all right. It's all right. You know, Unga Bunga is forgotten by me. You're so right, though. You're so right. It's just name old players. Yeah. yeah. Just name only old players you know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then the remaining five are ridiculous. Frank St. Marseille, uh, you know, good player. I just wouldn't have known him as a captain. Jim Roberts. Not sure that's just not like a facsimile person. Uh, <laughs> Barry Gibbs, who I'm pretty sure was a soul musician. Uh, Rick Meager. And the transitional captain uh, that, uh, for some reason, Mike Keenan named captain just to just to fuck over Brett Hall was Shane Corson. Uh, and uh, that's uh, that's it. That's the captains. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna remember these. Arbor to Berenson to Ungabunga to St. Marseille to Plager Bob to Plager Plager Barkway uh, to Jim Roberts to Barry Gibbs, Brian Sutter, Bernie Federko, Rick Meager, Scott Stevens, Garth Butcher, Sh- Brett Hall, Shane Corson, Wayne Gretzky, Chris Pronger, Al McKinnis, Dallas Drake, Eric Brewer, David Backus, and Alex Petrangelo. Stephen, who will be the next captain? Ah, you beat me to my question. Very good. Uh, is it Ryan? O- I feel like it's Ryan O'Reilly, but I think other people would feel like it's maybe Tarasenko. But man, that's hard. It's because now Tarasenko has been here. I would be so fine. Long. I'd be fine with Tarasenko. I just feel like. Would we mm-hmm. go with the soft-spoken Russian guy or the fine, upstanding Canadian? If it had and, nothing, oh, if you pulled away all the sort of like NHL 
mysticism that has to come with the captaincy <laughs> and the fact that like a number of however many games you played with this team matters and everything i would think ryan o'reilly would be the captain mm-hmm. and i'm nothing against um tarasenko but it's just the fact that like again like you said soft-spoken russian doesn't necessarily want the limelight and everything mm-hmm. like that and i feel like he doesn't really fit like the captain role in my head yeah but also I understand that people are like, but he's been here so long and he's been here and it's his team. And so like, for sure, I just don't know if he's like who I consider when I'm like blues captain. I'm like, Vladimir Tarasenko. I'm like, ah. <laughs> don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's probably down to those two. I'd give it to Steen if he wasn't on the way out. Yeah, he's so old. It would just be a year, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Pareko, I guess, is a long shot. But I don't think it's very likely, just because I don't see. I think he's a fine player, and he play a lot of minutes. I mean, and this is all, you know, this is all. If if Petrangelo does leave, if he doesn't, then mm-hmm. we, it'll be years before we decide. Uh, but um, you know, I just think Pareko will obviously be eating a ton of minutes if Petrangelo leaves. But I just don't necessarily see him as the vocal leader sort. Um, and then the other option is you go friggin' crazy and give it to Bob Tom. But I think that's <laughs> super soon. Um, my Justin Falk, we got him to replace that's right. And he was he captain in Carolina? Ooh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, my current computer battery is fifty five percent, so maybe it's trying to t- send us a little message. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it will be. Uh, Colton Pareko. No, uh, Jordan Stahl is and has been. Oh, no. Wait, no, it was Justin Falk for one season, and then Justin Williams came back and, and, they, got, gave it and they gave it to him. God, getting stripped of the sea must be so humiliating. Wait, no, it was only just... So they gave it to Justin Falk the second half of the season. I guess they traded Jordan Stahl one season. They traded Jordan Stahl. Maybe not. I don't know. They traded so, for okay. him. So Eric Stahl was captain from 09-10 to 15-16. Then they yeah. didn't have a captain 16-17. Then Jordan Stahl was captain in 17-18, but also Justin Falk was captain 17-18. Then Justin Williams was 18-19, and it's been Jordan Stahl again in 19-20. Oh, Jordan Stahl, like, hurt? But normally Maybe they don't give someone you, the C. Yeah, it's pretty rare that you give somebody the C. But yeah, no, they didn't lose him in that point. So let's see. Uh, Stahl, along with Justin Falk, was named co-captain? Oh, no, 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 no. You fucked up, Carolina. No, 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 no. This is why you'll never win another cup. Do they know that there already is a role for alternate captain? <laughs> uh, I thought we were just giving an A because he's like the best player. You get an A. <laughs> you get an A, son. And you get an A. Oh, boy. Well, a lot of weird stuff going on in Carolina. I don't know if we need to dig a lot deeper than that. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, we've, we've filled an hour and a half for the vultures out there. Not quite. Uh, but is there anything else you'd like to discuss before we get out of here? Any, any hot takes? Any warm breezes that you might have? Warm breezes. Um... Nothing I can think of, only because I need to stretch content. There's things I can talk about, but I penciled them in for later. I'll just tell folks, uh, anyone who liked this show, Scrubs, uh, Zach 
Braff and Donald Faison started a Scrubs rewatch podcast, and it is phenomenal. It's so freaking good. I don't know, you know, if you're not into Scrubs, it might not be your thing, but it's like as good as the show almost. So that's very good. Uh, the two guys, um, Oh Hello started a podcast. That's very weird. But if you already liked Oh Hello, then you're down for it. You know? yeah, I was like, that's something that feels like I don't, I don't like to be. I feel like a I'm, niche person, but it's such a. It feels like a niche. I, I feel like I'm slowly being sucked into the cult of John Mulaney as he just spirals into weirder and weirder. Things. <laughs> yeah, I, he's like they've kind of. He's sort of like put a put stand up on the back burner, sort of in a way, and now he's like just getting into weird shit. I uh, funny shit, but weird shit. I. <laughs> I a friend sent me a link of someone reading a a so-called children's book that was named something like Sarah's Beaver Needs a Trim. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And this woman was just losing it through this book, which was obviously, say, pretending to be one thing, but was very queerly another thing and was not a children's book at all. Uh, but that made me think of Sasha's dad does drag, but the act needs work <laughs> from uh, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Uh, a masterpiece, you know, but but very strange. Very Yeah, I highly recommend that as well. Yeah, just a lot of great stuff. Airport Sushi, phenomenal. Um, you can find that on YouTube. But if it's not your thing, it's going to be very much not your thing. So, uh, you know. Yeah, you're either all in or you are not. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, unless you want to do, like, a solid 35 minutes on the current Overwatch meta and which player characters you're maining while, uh, you know, while fighting for the I do. Of... I do love meta content. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Apparently you Halsey what. dressed up as D.Va, so it's a big day. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 up. Save that for later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I I like meta discussion, and it's so weird for like any any sort of game, like pretty much any game that's competitive or you play online. There's always like a meta. Whenever I've explained it to people, it's always like you know, there's um, I don't even know that much about the NFL, but there's like a meta in the NFL. There's a meta in sports. You know, in the NFL, used to be a running man's game. You know, sort of thing. Now it's all about passing. Mm-hmm. And that was because of, you know, different players becoming better, rule changes and stuff like that. And so, like, in, in video games, too, especially, because they patch things and they change characters or change different aspects of the game. It changes how the game is played. And I love talking about that stuff just from, like, a strategic standpoint because, in, yeah, in Overwatch, they... Uh... patch. What's up? I said the NHL needs a serious patch. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I guess we could use that as an even better example. Like you know, that used to be a lot of clutch and grab, and mm-hmm. you could play a you could play a game that was essentially you just um, playing a one three one and boxing the other team into the neutral zone, and they could never make it in. Then they they changed the rules, and then all of a sudden it was a whole different game. You know, you were able to speed through the neutral zone, you were able to get in, score more. You know, they talk all the time about do we even need offsides? It's, you know, it's changing the meta. Of sports, but I think you talk about it a lot more in games, you know, video games in particular, because they change how the game gets played a lot more often and in a lot more um, fundamental ways. 
than a lot of sports do, you know, on a, on a day-to-day, month-to-month sort of basis. And I always find it interesting, especially with um, Overwatch, because, and this is like, I guess, for people that play Overwatch or, you know, or not. Sorry, folks, but, it's quarantine. You get whatever we talk yeah, about. Yeah, this is just the content now. <laughs> but, like, you, that's a game where they need to cater to two groups. They have to cater to the people like you and me that are just playing the game and just having fun and or playing competitive and trying to go up the ranks either way. And they're also catering to um, professional players, quote-unquote, you know, uh, Overwatch League players, where they want to be able to give them a game or a meta that um, the players enjoy, but it's also fun to watch because they, they get a lot of money and viewership, you know, by putting this on Twitch or on their own. I think even through Battle.net, you can watch and stuff. And so it's been very interesting to watch them try and balance these things. Because I think for a while they thought they were going to try and basically have like two different versions of this game, one that was competitive and one that was just for everyone else. And they were even trying to do it with like hero bands. Mm-hmm. They're going to ban certain heroes in competitive play, like with these pros, and then different heroes with like the general population. But because these competitive players, these professional players, practice with the general population, if you will, they wanted that to mirror their experience. They want one seamless experience, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. You don't want to have like two different sets of rules. And so as they've been doing that, it's just been interesting as they try and balance this game, not only just normally just balance the game, but then they have to kind of balance it between two distinct populations of players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always fascinated by, uh, and yes, this is, completely nerd conversation so if folks want to tune out we won't be offended but i'm always i'm i'm very fascinated by the like intricacies of of exactly that sort of system of a game you know where it's just very you know it's not rock paper scissors in the sense that like pokemon is rock paper scissors but it is very like if i'm gonna play this style then they need to create a team of the characters that kind of counter this style and you know versus you know versus cod where everybody's essentially the same Mm -hmm. and you're just fighting to see who's the best at doing the same thing you know so like and it's it's fascinating to me the little tweaks they have to make where they're like okay well this character doesn't get used at all and because you know they they don't really have a natural kind of role in this ecosystem that we've created so we need to make them better at doing these couple of things or this player is is way too powerful in these circumstances so we need to nerf them and make them worse and then the idea of what you know overwatch just did where you drop a new hero into that whole thing and mm-hmm. the amount of testing and and presumably playing that they had to do in in studios to like make sure that she wasn't just gonna brick the whole game basically with whatever powers and abilities they gave her. I don't know. It's like it's nerd fascinating, but it's fascinating. But I do like the idea of just deleting heroes for a week, and and I really think we should bring that to other sports. Like you know, <laughs> this week, you can't play Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Sorry, Crosby's been banned. Crosby's been banned. You can get them when the next season starts in five days. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I've always found it very cool. And the weird thing about meta is like, it's both, you like meta content or um, just ever changing way a game is played. It's just like, there's always, 
you kind of have to bounce between all these things. Like, so even when you find this perfect balance, you know, it's never going to be completely perfect. And at some point someone's going to find a way to exploit that mm-hmm. balance and shift it. And then it has to be recalibrated to be balanced again. And a lot of the times you're kind of in between balancing where like something is too strong. So I have to make it weaker and now it's way too weak. So they got to make something else, you know, weaker to go with it or, or buff that. And there's like, um, there's, I don't even know if that's what it's called. There's like buff creep where it's like, if you just keep buffing everything, then it gets insanity. So you do have to nerf things or make things worse, you know, sometimes and go the other direction to help things out because otherwise, you know, we have this guy does 300 damage. Well, that kills everybody. Okay. Everyone gets, you know, a hundred more HP. Okay. But now that doesn't do enough damage. So we buff that damage and make it even more, you know, it's just like this thing where now someone's doing a million damage. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting to just, to look at historically kind of like hockey or whatever to see how the games evolved it's interesting to watch overwatch go from this game that really didn't have much of a meta for like the first i don't know six seven eight months because people were just dicking around with it having fun and then all of a sudden people are like oh i've realized that there's not very many uh, stuns in this game so we should play heroes that are essentially just have great movement mm-hmm. and i can dive on people and they call that like dive comp and so then for a while, then they had to they had to nerf that and they had to basically make um, stuns stronger so that people can just dive on other players. And it's like, okay, so now the, you can stun people and now there's a lot of uh, crowd control or CC. And then they from there came like uh, death balls where it's basically like, okay, they can't jump on us in the way they used to if we all stick together. And so basically it was six players all playing back to back to back, like in this tight ball moving around to win the game. And then people were like, well, that's not fun to watch. And so they, they got rid of, they, I forget, they just recently nerfed like stuns across the board. Like everyone, everyone that basically has a stun, it just to one degree or another does a little, lasts a little um, shorter. Mm-hmm. And so it's just one of those things where they got to constantly be like, okay, is this fun? Is this not fun? Who is this hurting? I, lo- I love that they have their main developer guy, uh, Jeff Kaplan, that will like basically have these huge long posts on why they're doing stuff just because it's really interesting whether or not you agree with it just to, to see what their their um, you know thought process is. A lot more transparency than you get in a lot of sports. <laughs> They'll be like, well, we're doing this. The end. You know, much like the draft. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting to see like what their thought process is. And like you said, all of a sudden you had a new hero into it. And it's like, how does that affect the other like 29 heroes? How does that one interact with everyone else on like individual basis? And then like a combined basis. And um, you yeah. get heroes that are like, you can add so many and you can only have so many unique abilities at a certain point. If you add one that has something that's very similar to another and it's better than that, then you're making this one redundant and, you know, not good. Why would I have a Sydney, you know, why would I want a, a, a Jordan Stahl when I got a Sidney Crosby, you know, who gives a crap? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay, we got to make Jordan Stahl better somehow or different or fill a different niche. You've got the fans of each hero that, you know, are going to be pissed if you screw with their guy at all or, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, yeah, how can you nerf Reaper? And it's like, well, because you're playing him because he's too good, <laughs> you know, like that's why we're mm-hmm. trying to do it. So, yeah, it's all very interesting. I don't know. Folks, you go, you go, you watch the videos and you tell us. You tell us it's stupid. It's, it's these people real smart. They're putting their lives on the line every day. So to get you <laughs> gaming content, that sweet gaming content. So yeah, well, we've officially pulled an hour and a half now, well over for these All right. for these vultures at home. So uh, if anyone's still listening, should we shut this down?
Shut her down. Alrighty. Well, folks, we will be back next week. It will be May. It is May now, so <laughs> it will still be May. Uh, who knows when we'll be back together in person, but I feel like this recording is working uh, pretty well. And I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, we'll, we'll, the hockey will start before long, possibly. So who knows? Maybe <laughs> life's getting back to normal, but that's not my decision to make. So uh yeah hope you enjoyed it as always let us know if you have content you'd like us to discuss perhaps the meta of rainbow six siege will be next week who knows uh but yeah thank you for listening if you've made it this far god bless you (laughs) and uh we'll talk to you real soon bye okay cut whatever i need to cut You're good to go now. Oh, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll just cut this part then.